I'm Joe Manzella. Uh, I'm a dentist and I am 27 years old. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in health science with a concentration in public health. I have a doctorate in dental surgery degree and I have a master's in public health degree um, and a continuing advanced graduate certificate degree in general dentistry. <coughs> general dentistry. Well, congratulations to you on all of that success. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so we'll start off with um, the first question of where do you see the need for more rehab centers for patients who need help with opioid misuse? So I really feel that there's a lack of need in rural areas. I think a lot of opioid misuse centers, just like any centers for you know people dealing with these sorts of issues, get huddled and centered around large areas of population, um, large cities, which is fine for people in that area, especially if they don't have a car because they're easily accessible, but in areas where um, that are a bit more rural, <clears throat> where patients still might not have access to means of transportations, you often don't see a lot of um, rehab centers or any sort of um, health centers in general for people, any centers offering free um, anything except for maybe your local library. Um, it's definitely more rural areas. Thank you. And do you find that rehab programs are being personalized to meet the needs of each patient? Uh, I'm not too familiar with how much personalization is going, but given the wide range of issues that could be going on with someone who's misusing opioids, um, I would hope that they would be personalized, at least to kind of get to the root cause of why a person might be using um, to just focus on the actual opioid itself that they're using and not all the found, you know, confounding variables that got the person to use that in the beginning, uh, I think would be a mistake. And what is your perspective on, or how do you feel about the quality of services that are provided to patients who suffer from opioid misuse? Uh, I don't think that there is enough services at all, and I think that there's way too much of a stigma with the type of services uh, specifically for any sort of illicit drug use, opioids included, um, that there's this stigma amongst a lot of people, a lot of many of whom are not users themselves, that the only real way that we should be getting people better is by getting all the illegal drugs off the street and that we should be giving them, you know, methods to stop using their medication and never enforcing using any sort of medication properly, which is what I... I would much rather see some sort of helping centers, clean needle exchanges, things like that. Mm, um, so I think there's just too much stigma and so the quality of service is suffering because of that. So do you in fact feel that our healthcare system is up to date on providing care to patients with opioid misuse? No, not at all. I don't think until there's some sort of version of universal healthcare, which I'm in favor for, that um, that would ever be the case. Um, unless there's going to be profound public funding from uh, whatever source um, that would make the care almost free or completely free. But no, the healthcare system, amongst many other things, is not providing the care that it should. Do you mind elaborating for our viewers um, what universal healthcare means? So, universal healthcare has a, many different meanings, but what it boils down to is um, that care instead of being provided for a patient or an individual by let's say 
um, you get health care because it, from your job or you get health care because you decided to go online and buy it on the open marketplace or you get health care because you are you know a lower socioeconomic status that you qualify for Medicaid or that you're older so that you qualify for Medicare instead universal health care is just that the usually the federal government provides a baseline level of care usually at little to no cost for every individual and that's pretty much how it works in almost every industrialized society except for America and maybe one other country most countries that are industrialized first world countries I'll say including Canada, Britain, most of Europe have some sort of universal health care, Australia as well, whose system I really like, have some sort of universal health care, some of which it's the only type of health care that you can get is the one that the government provides, and others like Australia where they have a baseline level of care and you can choose to add on more private or more advanced care, things like dental, for example, um, if you want to pay extra. But at least everyone has some sort of coverage. Nobody's left without any, and it's just by living there, sometimes not e by not even being a citizen there, just by living there, you get the coverage. And if you've ever visited Europe and have uh, to visit the hospital a lot of times, you'll find that your care was free, even if you um, are not a citizen there, even if you're not living there. Thank you. And do you feel that, um, or who do you feel should be held responsible for funding um, more rehab centers to be put into place, our taxpayers or the federal government? I mean, you could say, uh, my answer is the federal government, and that's always going to boil down to the taxpayers because that's where they get their money from. Um, but it's a matter of how they use the money that they get. Um, and there's ways to do it for, you know, an example, maybe taking some money from defense spending, maybe taking money from other areas where it's not necessarily as needed and putting it towards something that is needed. If every civilized other civilized country can have similar or slightly higher tax rates than the United States of which has very high taxes to begin with and provide a baseline level of care for everybody then the United States should be able to the federal government should be able to use that even if it's not for universal health care should at the very least be able to fund some sort of rehab center for opioid use or for any illicit drug use um, and I don't think that it should be left up to the states in a system where maybe the federal government was just giving money to the states and allowing them to do what they want because we've seen how that goes with education, with a lot of different things. And, for example, with Medicaid, because Medicaid, even though it's a federal system, Medicaid is partially funded by the states and partially funded by the federal government. And in states where the states don't want to give a lot of money to it, Medicaid coverage is horrible there. But in states where Medicaid... Uh, in states where they actually care about funding Medicaid, Medicaid is an amazing option. It's not perfect, but it's still better than nothing. So that leads me into um, our next question of whether or not should the government be fully responsible to pay for the patient's treatment, such as inpatient programs like 12-step programs or detoxing medications, etc. Why or why not? I mean, as far as what I've been saying, I think they should. Um, it, Maybe not necessarily in full, but at least enough to get these centers up and running to pay the staff. Um, and hopefully, if they became popular enough to the point where they were showing that they could be effective, that they'd maybe seek um, grants, you know, pr private funding from, you know, donors, philanthropists. Um, so at the very minimum, there would be a, maybe a small nominal cost to the to the individual if there had to be. Um, but the majority of services, I believe, should be free. 
And that really just comes from my belief that society should, and individuals in society and government in society should be able to be taken care of its individuals, should be able to be taken care of their um, their citizens and people who are not citizens. And some might call that a socialist policy. I just believe that it's basic human decency in, 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 a, in a very rich and powerful country that has a lot of money and a lot of ability to defend itself and spend money on other things. I think the very least, if people are going through this process, a lot of which we can get into is caused by corporate greed, you know, the flooding of, of, of the opioids because of big pharma and people wanting to make money that caused this issue, they should at least be able to help these people resolve their issues. Um, so even if they don't, even if you're not a proponent of universal health care like I am, I would hope that a lot of people are still proponents of you know, universal helping people who are gotten themselves into a bad situation and need to get off opioid use. So you did mention big pharma, and that actually is something that um, is a big pusher for these opioids, and as why patients or people are um, severely hooked. So I guess my next question is, do you believe that opioids are better regulated through healthcare systems with the use of electronic prescriptions, or do you believe that they are worse? I definitely think that uh, electronic prescriptions have made a huge difference um, in helping to curb how much opioids can be. I mean, the dental field, I'll be the first to admit it, even though I'm fairly new to the field still, um, I have a wealth of information from when I was in dental school um, that the dental field used to be a large supplier of opioids. It used to be the patients could come in and just say that I have a toothache or this or that, and they'd get a 30-day supply of opioids. And the ADA and the American Dental Association, to their credit, has done a lot to reverse that. Um, and that's still catching up on the medical side of things. But just now with how many hoops you have to jump through, and I know that kind of sounds bad, but it's true. When you make it more difficult than just signing your name on a paper script to give someone a narcotic for 30 days, when you have to have them send the prescription only via electronic methods to a pharmacy. You have to get a code to verify your number. It has to be inputted into a prescription monitoring program like Connecticut has. You have to do all these extra steps. Prescribers are way less incentivized to do it. And if that's what it's going to take to start to curb some sort of use of them, then that's what it should take. Um, as, in addition to the fact that studies have shown that if you actually prescribe over-the-counter medications the right way, um, in the right dosages, even if those are doses higher than what's prescribed on the bottle, because you're a doctor and you're able to do that and monitor your own patients, that they have better outcomes for pain management than with opioids with way less side effects of addiction. Thank you very much. That's a great answer. Um, our next question is based off of the city of Baltimore. Um, they are currently in a massive epidemic with a severe amount of opioid overdoses and deaths so the question is is the citizens within the city of Baltimore need rehab centers to help overcome the opioid misuse mortality rate what do you suppose we can do as citizens to help with this issue I mean the two biggest things I think that any individual can do who's not directly involved in this or who is um, is that they can, one, work to overcome their own stigma and work to influence others that they know to overcome the stigma so that there's less of, uh, you know, 
ne a negative light shed around these individuals who are dealing with these types of addictions. And they could also push their local representatives, actually call, actually write a letter, actually go to their state houses and, and lobby and find organizations and groups that will actually help push these centers forward. But really, I think the the individual is not going to be able to fund a rehab center unless they're a philanthropist and have you know a, a great amount of wealth. But the indiv the average Joe, the average American or individual, should work towards destigmatizing why these individuals are using, and destigmatizing the idea of different types of rehab centers. And maybe it's not just a place that you might think of that you know when people suffer from let's say alcohol dependence that you go to a you know a, a rehab center and they detox you with opioids and with. Uh, illicit drugs and, and, and all that, a lot of the times things that have been shown to be positive and work positively, for example, in, in, in European countries, in the Netherlands, um, are things like safe havens and safe needle exchanges and places where people can go and, and, and use these illicit drugs, but in a safe place where you decrease the amount of time or, or decrease the amount of incidences of negative um, consequences like uh, STDs, you know, any sort of things that are transmitted by using dirty needles, um, or just, you know, getting people into that area where they can be educated as well as do the medicine, uh, as well as do their illicit drugs. People have a stigma that any, any thing that you do to make it easier for people to use illicit drugs, to use medications, is going to just worsen. But if anyone who thinks that actually read the research and saw what happened in other countries and saw that they were just as bad as we are now and have gotten incredibly better um, through the use of these places, um, they, I think they might be surprised. Thank you so much. And our last question comes down to what are your own recommendations for improving the services for opioid misuse? I mean, I think I basically just made that clear in my, in my answer uh, to, with my last question, um, to not only have treatment centers, but also have harm reduction centers, such as clean needle exchanges, places even to do the basic daily living things like showering, bathing, grooming, cleaning their clothes, meeting, and, and then using that space, using physically and also mentally that space where people feel safe to introduce people like social workers, mental health workers, doctors, nurse practitioners, um, who can help guide those individuals because again it comes down to there's always a reason somebody is addicted to some sort of medication sure they could have just been prescribed it at first from a doctor from some sort of you know pain that they've never dealt with and then just got hooked on it that's that's sometimes all it takes but then there's usually more surrounding that or maybe they could even just be helped with what's the root cause of their pain so they don't have to continue to take these medications um, they're not just addicts. They're people with a lot of things going on, a lot of sometimes mental health issues going on, um, or a lot of chronic pain. Uh, and it needs to be looked at from a more holistic standpoint, not just how do we get people to stop using this one particular drug. Um, so if people, individuals, stopped stigmatizing and started accepting and maybe pushing towards safer rehab centers or harm reduction centers, um, and governments started putting funding towards that or people started putting pressure on maybe their local and then a state and then eventually federal, you have to slowly build a movement. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but that's kind of where my head's at on that. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your time. These 
responses are amazing. And you can stay tuned for our next episode with our paramedic, Greg.